Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Misfits cover done by the Alkaline Trio. And this week, it's Children in Heat. We picked a format for the podcast that we knew we could just take to infinity. Mm -hmm. Alkaline Trio covering the Misfits. We did Halloween a long time ago. Uh Uh-huh. And now we got Children in Heat. His name is David. Correct. Anthony. Correct. He has two first names. Correct. And I found out his middle name Mm -hmm. the last time we were together. Yes, because of my mail. And, uh, And what a mail. This David Anthony is. Mm-hmm. Um, Children in Heat. Why is it called Children in Heat? Uh, probably because the song titled Children Are Hot would have got them, uh, you know, into a little more hot water. Oh, you know yeah. What I mean? Oh, don't yeah. You, don't and you it's th- not the hot water music we're oh. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one, Tim Crisp. Um, I'm the host of As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio. Uh, there is a third uh, Misfits cover. That uh-huh. I saw live once with a weird version of the Alkaline Trio we could talk about at some point. Hey, um, why not right now? Uh, is th- it recorded? No, but we'll it was fucking weird. Uh-huh. Uh, because they all changed instruments. Okay. So it was Derek on bass and vocals, Matt playing drums, and Dan playing guitar, and they did Skulls. I need your skulls. Um, which, you know... A group of 14-year-olds can do it. Why not them? At a sold-out performance at the Metro in Chicago, Illinois. I know that I mentioned this last time we talked about the Misfits, but my old band, The Please and Thank Yous, did something for Halloween one year. It's my favorite Halloween set that's ever been done, and it was the Alkaline Trio covering the Misfits. Makes sense. For Halloween. I wasn't there. I was at a family reunion. The other thing that I know that I mentioned last time we talked about the Misfits was the fact that I don't really listen to the Misfits. I Yeah, I mean... But I, I know all these songs. That's the thing is, uh, they're a band that I don't actively listen to. Um, I think these songs are great, obviously. Uh, I think I... Unbelievable I think they fall into a weird place where I'm like, I know them all so well, I never really need to put them on. I feel like they were a band that I burned out when on when I was like 14, which is fine. I think that's the best way to consume them is yeah. just like overdose on it when you're young. But I love hearing these songs covered because I know them so well and because they're so simple and you can kind of do them a lot of different ways where it's very rarely bad. It's also such like a crazy amalgamation of this band where it feels like they are really the beginning of something. They're sure. the very beginning of this like weird like skeletal obsession obsessed yeah. um pop punk world that really borrows from like Bella Lugosi and yeah. like old vaudevillian horror. Um I found myself very uh nicely immersed in misfits culture as i was selling my dad's old seven inches not too long ago and found a seven inch by band called victims which is the 
second release on Plan 9 Records, which is that Danzig's label or I, the Misfits label? Uh, I don't know the delineation there. I think in my head it was always Danzig because I think he was such a controlling stake of the band early on anyway that I don't know if it really matters but i i'm probably wrong either way second release on plan nine records the only thing that wasn't a misfits or danzig Mm -hmm. related release in the first dozen and boy i sold that thing for five hundred dollars how how quick did it go i was getting messages for it within 15 minutes really multiple messages about it i don't think i had anything that sparked like such a quick response i mean that's fucking wild. Um, congrats. Also, I, I just want to put this out there um, now for the listeners. I'm sorry I keep interrupting you. How dare you? Um, we got some new microphones. Mm-hmm. We haven't really dialed them in yet. So if things are sounding a little weird, that's why. Yeah. Uh, Tim got some real fancy boys. They're it looks like we're in a radio station. Fucking insane. They are, these microphones are so good that I think I need to actually like pad this room a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Especially now that we're both wearing headphones, which is a thing too. You really uh, stepped up the gear department here. Yep. I uh, I sold out big time on Better Yet. Did a, a show sponsored by Sure Microphones. And then uh, that's the third to last episode of the podcast <laughs> i mean uh i i definitely think that is the way to do it uh, i believe there's a great song called uh take the money and run that was written about this exact thing yeah um because yeah. that's what you did um uh, here's a fun thing i would like to talk about which is that 500 seven inch uh well not specifically that one uh-huh um but let's get into how fun like seven inch singles were for so long and how you know, uh, back in the day, there was that clear utility, but there was a period of time where Alkaline Tree would do a release like this that was so clearly paying homage to that, but also just so fun. And I kind of miss those type of releases. I feel like they don't really happen anymore for a multitude of reasons. Because this is the B-side of the Halloween 7-inch that was given to everybody who went to the show at the Metro that Correct. became the DVD. Correct. Yes. So those shows were what, 2002? Yeah. Uh, so this was made there. They like made 3,000 of them, which is more than the capacity of the Metro. It's almost three times it. And then there were, I think, 100 that came with like a silkscreen bag that Heather Gable made. And then the rest were then sold or like given away to early people who... uh subscribe to the blood pack the fan club so did you get one then yes that's how i got one because mm-hmm. i had tickets to those shows but did not go oh was not able to go why didn't you go uh because they were like if i remember correctly like middle of the week and like my mom worked in the city so she came home and then uh-huh. like didn't want you know yeah that yeah, type yeah. of thing where i was gonna go and then was unable to go so you know it happens is there a regret Do i mean wish i wish you were there yeah but also no because apparently the shows were bad um (laughs) so i I don't feel like and having seen the video and knowing they had to like um you know edit it so heavily in post i guess i don't feel like i missed that much it would have probably been awesome and my 12 year old brain would have been really cool but Mm -hmm. you know uh the the bill of the one show being like them lawrence arms colossal would have been pretty sick at that time i never got to see colossal me neither uh fun fact my band our old drummer 
John, who is now an NRBQ, weird connections here. Uh, <laughs> his brother was in Colossal. Um, so that's why on the uh, Birch's EP thing, we recorded that and used the snare that was used on From Here to Infirmary. Uh-huh. Because he was friends with them and blah, 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 and had that kit that Mike used on that. It's crazy because my friend Lou is actually mm-hmm. Captain Lou Albano. Who, Obviously. Uh-huh, from professional wrestling, Cindy Lauper, and the former manager of NRBQ. Uh, interesting. Yeah, you huh. thought I was going to talk about my friend Lou Reed. Yeah, of course. So it is a, it is a funny thing that you um, bring up, uh, especially considering your connection to maybe one of the reasons that we don't get covers like this on 7 Inches anymore is uh-huh. because things like the AV Club's Undercover sure. and series where now that we have uh, uh now that we have a way to share covers like these in a uh non-analog format where you don't have to produce something we can just or shoot even a purchase video them. Of it. right yeah um YouTube and and it's also like it is a very fun thing it's a very interactive thing so the AV Club's Undercover series of just like bringing bands sure. in the studio and you got to cover one of the songs from the list. It's kind of, I'd say like a, uh, maybe like a second cousin to this. Yeah. I mean, Alkaline Trio did one of the first ones of that, uh, did the Archers of Loaf song, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. Um, but I think that's an interesting point because I think you kind of hit on why we don't see stuff like this that much anymore. One is that the artist would have to pay for studio time or like pay someone to record it if they don't record themselves pay for you know licensing pay to manufacture something you know even if they were just like putting it on spotify they still have to do most of that yeah whereas with this it was just like learn the song come in we put it out for you and then it does what it does Mm -hmm. so i think it's a more attractive option for a lot of people um but i also feel like now we also exist in this world where there's just the endless swath of youtube covers like if you type in a song you're gonna find pages and pages and pages and pages and pages of just people covering it in a multitude of different ways, which is like really cool. But it's also why for me, I don't really care about covers that much anymore because it's kind of like, why? Yeah. It's become a really interesting, um, almost like, like part of the past where I think the only time I really see bands do covers anymore are live and it's either a like slightly ironic thing that yes. maybe you do with uh, a member of one of the other bands sure. that's on the bill or it's the last song from a new band they've yeah. only got six or seven songs so let's just play a gin blossoms cover yeah i mean i i think there's a lot of utility to it and live i think it's very fun but um Last week, I guess two weeks ago now, I went to see Frances Quinlan play from Hop Along. Uh-huh. So the record's not out yet, and she was, it, was, it was a good show. Yeah, why did she play already? Um, when the record's not out yet. Is it because <sighs> tomorrow never knows? Yeah, that's my only guess. I was it's, very happy to get that text from you that said, like, eh, it's okay. It, it, it wasn't bad. Uh-huh. I think it was totally... I think fine is better than okay in yeah. my pantheon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here's the thing that I felt about it, is that... She had such um, intense production put through, like drum loops and timing stuff. And there was a lot of changes. It wasn't just like, 
drum machine for four minutes like they were shifting tempos i'm like i just want to hear these with a drummer yeah and all it made me feel is that none of the songs were bad some quite good from the new record but i'm like how is this just not the next top along record right because they were already kind of flirting with stuff in this way but i bring this up because uh she covered a bill callahan song at the show oh what'd she play um i forget the name of it um it's all right. You, you yeah. tell me later. Uh, it's on um, I, 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 I have, sure Yeah, I got a uh, Callahan Renaissance going on right now. But it was kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like, I like you slipping this into your set yeah. midway through. Like, this feels like a cool thing because it was. It had that energy of like we're sharing this little thing together. Um, but yeah, it's hard to think of a time that I've seen covers where I've been like, man, that that ripped. Yeah. Um, I will say that I tried really hard to get that interview for mm-hmm. better yet. Sure. Francis has probably been number one since day one. Yeah. And it didn't end up happening. And it's not like I was like, well, that's it. I'm done. But I don't think I'd be done if I had that interview happen. I mean, I feel like if you had it, it would have been a good close anyway, if you wanted it to Yeah, be. that's true. But, uh. Anyway, Joyce Manners, um, that's like the, Mm. that's the one example I think now is if you're going to, if you're going to do a cover, because Joyce Manor covers video, kill the radio star on a a very strange, uh, sophomore record of all things. I will soon grow tired. Nine songs, 14 minutes put out on Asian man records Mm -hmm. at a time when Asian man Agent Man putting out a Joyce Manor record was kind of a big deal. Yeah. And you have a kind of strange uh, opening of that record. And then right in the middle of it, fifth track is a unbelievable punk cover of Video Killed the Radio Star. Yeah. And that is, and and you and I lived through the generation of like, you know, pop goes yes, punk yes. and uh, newfound glory doing movie songs, which I really like, think is kind of the start of that. That's where that begins, and mm-hmm. then that becomes its own shell industry for a good eight years. Me first in the gimme gimmies. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that video killed the radio star cover. It's just it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah, and it's so strange and funny. Yeah. Um, but that's like almost a almost a kind of like we're doing this fuck y'all mm-hmm. we're doing this cover and it's it's so good that you're gonna have to deal with it oh totally i mean i guess i'm starting to i'm trying to think like what's the last cover that you were like man that was awesome like i'm gonna listen to that more than once i well i guess I do have an interesting relationship with covers because uh, being, I don't know if you're aware, I'm a big fan of this band called The Replacements. Hmm, Never heard of them. Um, They would stick all sorts of covers in their sets um, sometimes. Like Sublime. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Sub. Lime. Lime. Um, Why did you say that? Why did I say what? (laughs) Um... There's a replacements bootleg called The Shit Hits the Fans. Yes. Which is the end of the Let It Be tour when they're playing in Omaha or something. Mm-hmm. And the, the show is just all covers. And they don't finish any of them. And they play Iron Man and Jailbreak 
and fucking Route 66, and then they'd start playing, like, REM songs, U2 songs. But also, like, they had an ability to just cover so many fucking songs. Sure. And when they played at the Riviera, they covered a Gordon Lightfoot song that I can't remember the name of it. And I just lost my mind that they were playing that song Mm -hmm. at that moment because Gordon Lightfoot is like such a weird anomaly yeah uh in musical history and another band who does a lot of covers is Yola Tango I feel like Mm -hmm. they they present themselves sort of like an NRBQ a modern NRBQ where they want to play everything and Yola Tango will cover you know the Ramones and then they'll also cover like uh weird Velvet Underground or some Mm -hmm. shit like Mm -hmm. that um, but in terms of punk, it, it is kind of like a, I think it just maybe wore out. Yeah. I think it became too much of a thing. I don't even see it in hardcore anymore, really. Yeah. I mean, I'll see someone maybe be like, oh, we're going into this fucking, you know, minor threat song or whatever. Like, I feel like there was a period where like people were covering black flag a lot and I feel like that doesn't happen anymore. Even like. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel as common of a thing to me unless it's something that is like, oh, we do this cover and it's like a popular song of ours. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example and I'm blanking, but those things exist. Pile plays covers a lot. They they usually play a cover at the end of their sets. Well, they, they played a they, blonde redhead cover. Not that's very good. That they amazing. hadn't played a cover until that, though. Oh, really? They had never done one. I don't know why I felt um, like I've seen them do it like almost I, every time I've I seen them. I have seen them do that. They did the Radiohead cover that was for uh, Undercover. Um, I know they've done a few others. Like I think he's done like a Fat History Month cover. I Anyway, point being, I, I bring this up because the last cover I loved, which also most people probably can't find anymore because I think it's been taken down from AV Club, the site I worked for, was uh, Laura Jane Grace covering Michael McDonald. And that cover was fucking sick. That's amazing. Um, I don't remember that. She took a drum loop of uh, the breaths in Close to Me by The Cure and like looped them as the drum beat and Whoa. then played I Keep Forgetting Over It. And it was awesome. It was like I went back to that all the time. Like when, when I saw her do it, I was like, holy shit, this rules. Um, but for the most part, in the last 10 years, aside from the Joyce Banner one, that one, and I would say... I really like uh, Owen. Mike Kinsella did that cover record. Uh-huh. And I really like his version of the Longfish song. And then also uh, the Against Me song, Born mm-hmm. on the FM Waves of the Heart. That's about all I got. <laughs> uh, this was like such a fun release for Trio. And it seemed to just be like, ah, fuck it. Like, let's do this thing. It's interesting to go back to. 2002 mm-hmm. to them playing at the Metro on Halloween. Yeah. Because this band starts in 97? Six. 96. Six years later, you're headlining. Yeah. Two nights. The Metro. Two nights. Um, I mean, uh, the Metro, it's, uh, it's probably the really, I think the only, well, no, it's, Metro and the Fireside Bowl are probably the most like mythologized venues in Chicago, at least that are still standing in 2002. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know when Lounge Axe ended, but that also I think was for a generation and a scene different from 
the one yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Concurrent, but the Alkaline Trio wouldn't Very play. different. Yeah. yeah, like Super Chunk would play there. Or uh-huh. like Uncle Tupelo and Wilco and Fred Armisen was just there for some fucking reason that shit had. Yo, why doesn't anybody talk about the fact that that guy's a piece of shit? Well, I, I have this firm belief, and I call it uh, the Fred Armisen approach uh-huh. based on that. Which is if you never acknowledge the wrongdoing or the accusations or any of it, it just doesn't stick to you. Yeah. If you never let it enter the world where it becomes a thing where you are then disseminating that to the people who care about you, you're fine. It's just like, it's it's such, and it, I feel like w- where he stands in the, uh, you know, alt liberal comedy world it's just too convenient for anybody to be like yo what about fred armison yeah because nobody wants to mess up documentary now because we love bill Hader. yeah yeah. or like have to implicate what that means for carrie brownstein working f- with him forever well, um, that's all another story but uh carrie brownstein in the past four or five years but anyway <laughs> uh bringing it all back i i They've done this a couple times at Metro in particular. We've not talked about the other cover, which is off my mind, a Smoking Popes cover that when they made the 7-inch for New Year's Eve, when they played there with the Smoking Popes. Um, but there was a period where Alkaline Trio would do stuff like this, and to me, it was so exciting, because you're like, I'm going to go to this show, and at the Halloween shows, you're going to get a 7-inch, and they had these t-shirts that were limited to 100 all these unique designs of like old heather art and it's just like wow this is like a cool thing to follow um it felt like it rewarded devotion and being a collector and you know following the breadcrumb trail and all that shit and now they just kind of feel like a band in the modern context which is like fine most bands feel that way um but they were really tapping into what i think the misfits did so well back in the day which is having the fan club having these singles like constantly making people uh you were constantly top of mind to yeah. the people who cared about you yeah and you know that was the same thing alkaline trio did with the blood packs which i was a member of where like i remember when they released remains they released a companion piece to it that was only for blood packed members of like weird demos and remixes and some live stuff but you had to like download like uh you know like print off uh tim has a printer now that's why i'm touching this thing uh tim uh, you had to print off like a code like a word scramble and then you had to solve things and like get a cipher and figure out the code and then you could put it into the thing and then get the download of it and it's just like that's what made me love them was like that was fun, and there weren't a lot of bands doing that. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a reason that they have that devoted following. I, I mean, AFI did some of that with their own fan club thing, but I feel like fan clubs and, and that type of shit doesn't really exist except for, like, legacy ones like Pearl Jam's 10 Club or right. well, I The mean, National what, did one for a minute. I mean, you follow a band on, on Twitter, mm-hmm. and you're closer than any of those fan clubs, like, ever totally. brought you. Totally. Um, yeah, it's, it is kind of like a, a thing that I, I think it's just, it's lost to time. It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be like brought back because it just doesn't make any sense with like the technological advances. Yeah. I mean, it's like subscribing to a Patreon now. That's yeah, the fan club. Right. But you know, I think, I think Patreon, it gives people a lot of cool access. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. That, that was not a dig. Yeah, but... for sure. 
because we got these new microphones and like um if you want to see like a picture of us like in front of them i took one yeah he did yeah you can look at it on patreon.com uh using my iphone which is pretty tight Mm -hmm. um so what do you rate this cover (laughs) uh great question tim I'm going to give it a three. Hey, I'm going to give it a three, too. What I really do like about it is the fact that it sounds like ass. Yeah, no, it's very much appropriate to what it should be. It's very lo-fi. It sounds like it was recorded in a basement or on a tour bus or literally not in a studio, and that's how it should be. It's really fun to listen to Matt sing this song, mm-hmm. sing a Danzig song while his vocal cords are I shredded and he can't do any of it. And I I mean, there is a rawness to it that I think is really good. It's clear they picked this song because it says Chicago in it. Uh, I think that was the entirety of the thought because there's no way in hell they were also going to cover Halloween 2, which uh-huh. is a song that's just like, Danzig speaking Latin and like spooky Halloween sounds. So I'm glad they didn't replicate the seven inch, the misfit seven inch verbatim, even though they did with art and stuff. When I was listening to it, I was, uh, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. They mentioned Chicago. And then I went and listened to the misfit song to see if like they said Hoboken or something. Yeah. And then they just changed the words. It <laughs> <laughs> was a very mad thing to do. Hey, this is our podcast. Uh-huh. It is called As You Were a Podcast About Alkaline Trio. Every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. Not, It's not always that we talk about a Misfits cover done by the Alkaline Trio, but this just happens to be a song that was recorded by the Alkaline Trio, and it's a Misfits cover. And we talked about it. And we talked about it, and we talked this about week. it because we like talking to each other. We enjoy the time we get to spend we get to see each other and uh we thank you so much for joining us and invite you to rate the show subscribe to it tell a friend about it uh yeah tell you tell your friend who you who you uh coordinated uh wearing your misfits shirts yeah. to to high school with um and you could also go to our patreon patreon.com slash as you were and you can pledge a monthly amount to help us continue to do this, to continue bringing you this quality content. And I mean, you even get the opportunity to have a say in the content. Correct. You can vote in a poll, which is actually, believe it or not, what we're gonna get next week is Mm -hmm. a, a song chosen by our patrons. And we are, excited to talk about another one because we love doing it and that is why we do it and we'll be back next week with another one of them right here on as you were podcast battle for my tree. Thank you.